We also, you know, really truly believe that as we work to restore the environment, that a really important part of that lovely ecosystem are human beings, you know, in our communities. So we, once we realize, as we work to like restore the Bronx River, we realize that many of the jobs that were associated with the restoration were actually being, you know, we were bringing people in to do it, mostly because people in our own communities were not qualified to do that kind of work. So we started a program called uh, Best of Bronx Environmental Stewardship Training to teach folks in our communities skills around environmental remediation and restoration, everything from um, urban forestry to the to green roof installation to cleaning up contaminated lands. And we've got this really amazing, amazing program that shows what you can do when you actually invest in people you know, early on. And many of the people that actually have gone through our program, many of them formerly incarcerated, most of them have been on you know, some kind of public assistance. And um, almost all were unemployed before they came to us. Um, but to see someone who recognizes that they now have a personal and a financial stake in the betterment of their own environment, I mean, that's the kind of empowerment that you cannot take away from somebody when they know that they're a part of the solution. And it's something, again, that we need to encourage much, much more often in the development of these green collar jobs. And another thing is that, you know, we've, you know, in, in the states especially, if you've got a job placement rate of like 50%, people, most people are thrilled. You know, ours is at 85% and actually like inching up, which we're really, really proud of. And again, these are people that were taken off the welfare rolls, you know, most of them, people that are taken out of the incarceration system and no longer a drain, you know, on our society but an active part of it. And also, the work that we do is all about poverty alleviation and environmental remediation at the same exact time. And because we believe that that improves cities and, and other areas while supporting the most vulnerable populations in those areas. Um, this, I mean, the term, uh, or the, what do you call it? The uh, often cited broken windows theory you know, implemented actually in some cases really problematically by Giuliani um, during his, his mayoral administration um, states that vandalism and other kinds of minor infractions of the law are precursors to, mod to larger problems and must be addressed immediately to prevent greater further disorder. Um, I have a theory that actually augments that but takes it to a completely different level and I call it the broken branches theory which brings to bear studies from major universities, uh, the practical experience of sustainable South Bronx and other Examples, that to fix perennial health, social, and environmental and economic problems, if you can do so by training and actually employing local residents to, to assume professional horticultural um, infrastructure and stewardship roles. Um, and think about it, poorly maintained or non-existent um, urban greenery should and will be seen as a potential liability that needs to be regarded as a, potent, as a priority remediation task, um, just like New York City's broken windows you know, back in the 70s, 90s and, and 80s. And add to that the fact that environmental services provided by healthy horticultural infrastructure pay great dividends on our investments in terms of the development of new green industries, improved environmental and public health, and also quality of life benefits. Everything from stormwater management, um, air quality improvements, and urban heat island you know, mitigation, where you have a robust uh, horticultural infrastructure which reduces, you know, a city's ambient temperature, and it also helps mitigate global warming as well. And you couple that with the fact that mental health um, is actually improved by the presence of greenery. You know, the, uh, the studies that, that, we, that I'm particularly referencing from the University of Illinois or Urbana-Champlain, you know, show that you know, stress levels are reduced, you know, um, crime go rates go down, that, you know, a, a community's 
pride level actually goes up, and self-esteem in girls in particular goes up, and Lord knows we need more of that. And uh, it's just such an inspiring kind of thing to, to think about that, that we can do that, you know, just by working, you know, to, to create these kind of green jobs in our communities as well. Um, we were actually really lucky to be able to find the funding to hire a couple of the folks that we train uh, to become greenway stewards, because again, the greenway is coming, you know, into our neighborhood. We do not have a history, you know, of, of having parks in our community, so it is a bit of an education project, project process to show people that this is a really important part of their ecosystem and one that they should really pay attention to and love. So this young man, his name is James Wells, what he, it looks like he's just pruning a tree, but what he's actually doing is something a little, lot more strategic than that. First of all, he had to understand what kind of tree it was, and I don't even know what it is, so I can't even tell you. Um, but um, I just make the programs, I don't actually do the work. But um, anyway, they, what he's doing right now is because he was responding you know, to community's concerns. Like this tree, one of the few old growth trees in our community, um, is actually was, had so many branches so low on it that it actually blocked the street light across the street. And people in, on that block were complaining about there being a lot of illicit activity happening because the area was so dark, you know, drugs were sold, I don't exactly remember what was going on there, but people were concerned you know, about the crime on that one corner. But once you know, he pruned that tree to let the light in, guess what? It wasn't happening there anymore. So that kind of technique is actually called crime prevention through environmental design. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, did we, did it cost the city anything? You know, did we have to, you know, add more lighting? No, you just learn how to prune a tree so that this could happen. Another thing, again, these guys really get to know the community and um, they see what some of the needs are. This tree happened to be in front of a senior citizen center. Um, and I think most of us, you know, with elderly parents or, or, or folks in our lives know that after a while, um, the elderly suffer from something called social isolation. And, you know, they tend to withdraw into themselves unless they're given a reason, you know, to be outdoors. So creating this little opportunity for folks to actually be outside and in their community um, was actually a really important step to Toward that, Another, you know, the same. You've all heard of Jane Jacobs and, and her her famous, you know, eyes on the street theory. That I mean, that in and of itself, when more people are outside, that in and of itself is it is a crime prevention technique. It makes people feel safer. It makes them feel, you know, happier to be around each other. And little projects like that. I don't think it's a little project, actually. Projects like this actually help people feel like they're more a part of of, of the fabric of a community. We also, though we got the $3 million to create the park, we didn't get any kind of money for promoting it or marketing it, so we had to take matters into our own hands, and we created, we did our own trailblazing project, and this was our green line, where we literally painted a green line to show the path to the park from the community. And little kids actually made up little songs about it. You see them skipping along the line, the green line takes you to the park, kind of songs like that. And, um, you know, we were like the Pied Piper, it was the, the cutest thing ever. And um, we also created an anti-poop campaign. Um, <laughs> to help people be mindful about their little animals and stuff. Uh, oh, and this is one of my, my favorite projects. Um, one of the things I've learned um, actually in Europe was, was actually discovering what green roofs were. And it was just like, we, you can plant a roof, and it's just, I just thought they were really beautiful, but then, of course, came to find out all about, like, the many kind of um, environmental, you know, um, issues that they addressed, everything from stormwater management to uh, urban heat island effect to um, energy conservation, because it actually provides, like, a... Um, a, a green layer that cleans the air, um, very exciting. And for us, another really important thing was the fact that it provided lots of local jobs that could not be outsourced. 
I mean, what are you going to do? All right, same thing with like doing solar installations or building retrofits. Again, you can't take them overseas to do. It has to be done here. So this was the, the job that we were doing actually on my house um, back in the Bronx. And um, this, we just planted this roof just a few months ago. And oh, this is my upstairs neighbor who actually happens to be the son of one of our uh, best graduates who's a, a great, great woman. And this is the roof that we did on top of our office building back in 2005. And you know, it's just become this really, you know, beautiful kind of, you know, point in, in the community that folks realize, like, that these kind of environmental uh, benefits are all sorts of beautiful, fantastic things that we need to see more of. And, of course, it also, because when you think about it, this kind of project, these are just huge sewage treatment plants um, in different parts, you know, of, of the state. And what they do here is actually... Well, you know, they're big, single-use, ugly, you know, huge energy consumers. And the fact that if you can reduce the amount of stormwater that goes into them, you might be able to reduce, you know, the need for some of these. Obviously not completely obliterate the use of them, but, you know, horticultural infrastructure can actually pay some huge, you know, benefits as well and provide lots of local jobs for the communities as well. And just imagine, you know, if 20% um, I mean, of all New York City is, is rooftops. So, but just imagine if we were able to create this level, you know, of greenery in our community that we would, you know, birds on their way flying south for the, for the winter would actually kind of be, you know, they'd, they'd stop for a while thinking it was a sanctuary. Like, all right. Now they just like zoom past us, like, let's get out of here. But it could change. <laughs> 